Can I just share with you how comfortable this chair is? I just ordered a bagel and uh, some Panera coffee and uh, should be coming shortly, so don't, you know, don't panic when they deliver it. But um, I tell you what, what you just saw on that screen is exciting. What you saw on that screen is going to help our church grow. What you saw on that screen is going to help you grow as individuals. You know, I was thinking in preparation for today about how many papers that I have helped my daughters to edit over the years. How many parents in the room have helped your children edit papers, right? I've done countless over the years helping them edit. And it's amazing how there's one phrase that often would come forth in these papers, in both daughters. And it was amazing how it was just consistent. It seems like at least once a year, no matter what grade they were in, in some paper they would incorporate a phrase. And, and the phrase was a phrase that, that they heard me say time after time after time. I've been saying it for years. I've said it at home. I've said it at church. I, I've taught about it. And, and, and here's the phrase. The phrase is this. Life is about relationships. How many of you would agree with that? Life is about relationships. And, and the older you get, I hope that you get that. The older that you get, you realize what mattered to you as a 13-year-old probably shouldn't matter to you as much when you're 39, right? Hopefully. And if, sir, if you're still playing with baby dolls, we have to talk later on, okay? But that is a phrase that I would see as I was editing, and, and, and my daughter oftentimes would, would start it off with, you know what, comma, my dad often says this phrase, life is about relationships, period. And then they would go on to say, they would say, and the older I get, the more I realize how true that is. And to this day, I, I, I hear them talk about that phrase and how important it is and how true it is. And so life truly is about relationships, whether it's in our home or our work or the grocery store or drivers on the road. How many of you end up having a very short-term, quick relationship with a driver on the road that ends up treating you in a way that you would never be treated in any other way? How many of you are that person that treats others? Uh, okay, enough of that. Yeah. So we have relationships in all kinds of forms and fashions, and, and I, I'm a true believer that God has created you and God has created me to have relationships. To be a relational person with Him, with our spouse, with our children, with our families, with our neighbors. And, and at the end of the day, I believe that God is our source of help that we must learn and turn to if we're going to build relationships at last. He can teach us how to have relationships, for He's the maker of relationships. The bottom line is, church, we need one another. We're designed for relationships. There's a void in our hearts that really reaches out to have relationship. And, and some of you have spent countless hours and countless dollars seeking to fill that void with other things until you realize really the only way that void in our soul is filled was, is, is in the love of Jesus and the love of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we're designed for relationships. And, and research tells us that, that those who build healthy relationships live longer and have fewer mental health problems and have fewer emotional problems when they have relationships that they can rely upon in their lives. We are truly made for relationships. You know, when, when we realize that, 
that we, as we came to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit teaches each of us to address God as Father. As Father. And when you think about it, that is really a, a family name, Father. So he, God, when we come to Christ, God introduces us all to a new family. How many of you now have brothers and sisters that you never had until you came to Christ and became a part of a loving Christian community as in Christian, uh, Victory Christian Center, because when we have the ability to develop relationships with one another, this oftentimes becomes even closer family members than those of us that have blood with other people. Can you identify with that? Some of you are closer to people in this room than you are with your own blood family, because there's a bond there, there's a commonality there. So we're made for relationships. You know, I, I think of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis 2.18, it says this. For the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the men in the room said? Amen. And all the women said? Amen. Oh, hey, 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 hey. All the men said? Amen. And the women said? Amen. Oh, yeah, reluctantly, huh? <laughs> Think about it, ladies. Us men were your training wheels to have children. Am I right? Now, that's not really good theology, but that'll preach. Think about it. You get married, and you realize, oh, my golly, I got a kid. And then you really have kids, and you're like, oh, I know how to do this. I've got a husband. Okay, that's, a, that's another sermon. So I came across a list, and here's what it says. The reasons why God created Eve. Are you ready for this list? Here's the reasons why. Some of you have been wanting to know this. This is the reason why that God created Eve. God was worried that Adam would always be lost in the garden because he knew men would never ask for directions. <laughs> Another reason why God created Eve, God knew that Adam would one day need someone to hand him the TV remote, not because men don't want to see what's on TV, what they really want to see is what else is on TV. Am I right? Another reason why God created Eve is because God knew that Adam would never make a doctor's appointment for himself. That's why Eve came around, and, and God knew that Adam would never remember which night was garbage night. I'm guilty of that. There's days, listen, I, it's, I, is it Tuesday night? Monday, it's Monday night. I seriously, every week have to, is it Monday night? Is it Tuesday night? Is it Monday? And you know what I usually do? I look to see what the neighbors are doing. Yeah? Anybody else? Oh, it's garbage night! And I didn't remember, but I, yeah. It gets confusing around holidays because you never, are they skipping? Aren't they skipping? It's just confusing. So any garbage people in the room, help us out, would you? It just gets confusing. That's the only word for it, confusing. And lastly, when God finished the creation of Adam, he stepped back and he kind of scratched his head and said, you know what? I can do better than that. <laughs> there you go. Notice only the ladies are clapping. I, I can hear those fingernails, ladies. I can hear those fingernails. So we need relationships, and when those relationships are good and growing and nurturing and positive, it's all a good, good thing, and life is pretty good. It's enjoyable and it's fulfilling, but, but when relationships go sour, when relationships don't go so well, when they're strained, it affects us in so many adverse ways. You know, when we talk about community groups, you notice the shirt 
Okay, there's a theme here. And you notice in your, in your, uh, in your events and opportunities, the back it has the same logo. And, and as you leave today, the ushers are going to be handing every household, every couple, one of these cards as a gentle reminder. What we're doing today is helping all of us recognize the benefit of having relationships in our lives that go deeper. Some of you have been coming to Victory Christian Center for a long time. And especially in a larger church like this, it's very challenging to get connected to other people. It's easy to slip in, shake a few hands on Sunday, and slip out, and you really don't have any connections. What community groups is going to help us to do is to allow more and more people to be more and more connected with a smaller group of people. We want you to be able to have relationships with other people that go deeper. We want you to be able to share life and do life together, thus the reason for this new implementation of community groups. We're so excited about what God's doing. Here's the cool thing. All of us have been burnt, say burnt, by relationships that go sour. Every one of us in this room have been hurt by somebody else. Whether it's in third grade or when you were 30, could be a parent, could be a former spouse, it could be a sibling, could be a best friend that you thought were best friends, and all of a sudden, 10 years in, they hurt you and hurt you deeply. They go sour and they go sour fast. Can I challenge you folks? No matter how many times other people have disappointed you, relationships is still on God's heart for all of us. You cannot build a wall and live in your own little cocoon no matter how many times you've been hurt. You have to be able to risk. It is worth the risk. It's worth the risk. The only other alternative is to live life in your own little bubble. The only other alternative is to live life in your own little cocoon and you're so protected. And yeah, you may not get hurt, but can I tell you, you and I are designed for relationships. You and I are wired to be connected to other people. And if you're not, it's a lonely, lonely road, this thing called life. Some of you are saying, oh, Pastor Daniel, you don't understand. I've been hurt, and I've been hurt deeply, and it's been more than one time, and I used to risk, but I realized, you know, I risked too much, and, and I, I'm done. I'm done. I don't trust hardly anybody anymore. Churches have hurt me. Pastors have hurt me. Spouses have hurt me. Siblings. Make the list. And you know what? Because of that, I'm done. I'm not risking. I'm going to come in, put my purse on my lap, and go home after church without getting to know anyone. I'm here to challenge you today, church. The bottom line is this. All of us need relationships. All of us need to be deeper connected with other people. We need one another. God created us for that. He even gave us instructions in his word. Look at Matthew chapter 22. Here's what it says, starting with verse 34. It says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37 said this. Jesus, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first, and it's the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. It says this, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Some of you that think theology and the Bible is confusing. Some of you that are overwhelmed by learning theology. Some of you that have trouble memorizing scripture. Some of you that, that have a hard time concentrating to read. Some of you that don't read very well so you get discouraged. Can I tell you something? If you boil it all down to the gospel, it's those two commandments. Love God and love others. Love God, love others. If you look on the wall, what does it say? Loving God completely. Loving people what? Unconditionally. And then loving life enthusiastically. 
It's imperative that we get those two things correct. It's amazing. I came across this quote from a neuroscientist, and here's what he said. All humans are born to form attachments. Our brains are physically wired to develop in tandem with others through emotional communication, even before words are spoken. So before you and I were old enough to speak, there was a connection. And he goes on to say this. He says this. He says, our sense of right and wrong originates largely from our biologically primed need to connect with others. That is God-ordained, God-designed, that you and I have relationships with one another. When we talk about community groups, when you're handed this card when you leave today, there's no magic formula. All we're doing is promoting the idea and the concept. Listen, you have a church that believes in relationships. You have a church that validates that you and I need one another. You and I are sometimes the hands and feet of Jesus to other people. So when I'm going through a downtime, somebody in my group can support me and encourage me. And there's times when they're going to be down and, and discouraged, and you're going to be able to encourage them. This is a wonderful system that is God-ordained. Our relationship with God is the most important of all of our relationships. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says this, In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move. Say that. In Him we live and move. One more time. In Him we live and move and have our being. So we have to have this relationship with God centralized. We have to have it cemented. We have to have this relationship with God as the priority first. If that's not right, if that's not going well, it's going to negatively impact every other relationship. I don't know about you, but in times past, if, if me and the Lord is kind of on rocky ground, okay, ever been there? Where, you know, you're kind of so working through some stuff with the Lord and, and you're just maybe a little bit angry or a little bit disappointed or whatever it might be. Am I the only guy that's been through that? You guys are looking at me like it's foreign tongue here. Nobody else has been a little bit confused at times and said, Lord, I don't get it. I'm a little bit ticked. And it's okay to say that. He's got really big shoulders. He's got massive shoulders, like the rock kind of shoulders. What's that guy's name, the rock? Dwayne Johnson. I get that all the time, you know. When I'm going through the mall, is that Dwayne? Daddy, daddy, that's Dwayne. Oh, no, he's got the wrong color. Oh, he's got hair. It's okay. He's got big shoulders. God can take it when you say to him, you know what, God? I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm discouraged. I'm confused. Here's what I've learned. When my walk with God is not harmonious, when my walk with the Lord is, is a little askew, when, when there's a little bit of rocks in there and, and it's just a little bit bumpy with me and the Lord, what I find is this. I'm more prone, say prone. prone. I'm more prone to not be in harmony with the people I love the most around me. Think about it. See, if you and the Lord aren't doing well, it, it gets you a little askew. If you and, and, and God are sort of on the rocks, it, it really doesn't enable you to look at others with a lot of grace and love and patience and kindness. It doesn't allow you the ability to give them that little extra grace that they need. And it comes back to haunt you because your walk with Christ is not in alignment. It's everything to have our walk with Christ be in accordance with his will. So we're relational beings, we know that. The Trinity recognizes God as one God, coexisting with three distinct persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they're forever in perfect relationship with one another. So we're made in the image of God, which means that we're really made to be in relationship. God is a God of relationship. God is a God of harmony. God is a God of unity. 
And we're made in the same way. Now, keep in mind, that has to be a couple different ways. It has to be vertical, right? But it also has to be horizontal. So relationally with God, if this isn't right, this is going to be rocky, yeah? If this is going pretty good, our vertical walk with God, if our relationship with Christ is pretty solid, and we're on kind of good terms and things are going well, it's a lot easier to have all the horizontal stuff go very well. It's at the very heart of the Christian gospel. It's at the very function and the very center of how God wants us to live with one another. God designed each of us to have an innate desire to pursue some happiness and to flourish in that. The problem is, listen, the problem is this. When we seek pleasure, the problem is that we seek pleasure from idols found outside of our relationship with God. There's nothing wrong with being happy. The problem is when you seek happiness in idols away from God. What do you mean by idols, Pastor? And we're not Buddhists in here. Well, listen, some of you spend more time on your boat than you do with your family. Now, it's okay to have a boat, and it's okay to have a family. It's really okay to bring your family on the boat, okay? That's a really good plan. So hear me. If you have a boat, God bless you. Make that a wonderful excursion. But if that begins to take more and more of your time and energy and resources, then you've made that boat an idol. You have to be careful about that. Some of you make your profession an idol. You, you get so much value over what you do and, and the accolades that come your way that you, you begin to put more and more energy in what you do and that becomes your, your, your ability to say, hey, this is who I am. And before you know it, your happiness is becoming generated by that which becomes an idol. It's important we keep our motives right and keep our function the same and always keeping the Lord as number, number one. So we need a relationship with God, and we also need a relationship with others. What did God say about him? It's not good for a man to be alone. So he created a partner. God knew relationships were very, very important. You know, not every relationship is healthy. Have you ever heard the phrase, you know, sometimes a, a young man will say about his girlfriend, you know, sometimes I, I feel I can't live with her. I, 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 I excuse me, I, sometimes I feel I can't live with her, and yet I know I can't live without her. Have you, have you guys ever felt that way about somebody? Yeah, and then you might hear about the story of the husband and the wife who was married for 25 years, and, and here's what he said about his wife. When we were first married, I loved my wife so much that I could just eat her up, and now I wish I had. That's not really a good thing, is it? So relationships can be very, very complicated. Very, very complicated. It's important that we have a relationship with others or else life is going to be pretty miserable. When you think of some very unhappy people that you know, one of the reasons they're unhappy and they're miserable is because they don't have any healthy relationships with anybody. With anybody. Sometimes that's their own fault. Sometimes they don't know how. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons. Then I heard about a lady named Mamie Adams. She was an elderly lady, and she would go to the post office once a week or so. And, and uh, here's, here's what happened on one Christmas season. The line was particularly long, like the post office can be, people sending packages and getting more stamps. It was kind of long. And so someone pointed out that, hey, listen, you don't have to wait in line because there's a stamp machine out in the lobby. They said, they said um, Mamie, why don't you go out in the lobby and get a stamp machine? She goes, I know, she said, but the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. All of us can picture a little elderly lady, probably lonely, and the little thing of being asked about her arthritis by the clerk behind the counter is something relational that she valued, did not want to use 
the machine. Turn your attention, if you would. I have one more video I want us to view this morning. And I want you to listen to the validity of relationships, and even more important, the validity of what community groups can do for particular individuals. Watch closely, if you would, on the screen. attending our community group since October 2013. Um, we first got plugged in um, when Andrew um, met Pastor Jordan and Katie and they invited us um, to their home um, just to hang out, fellowship, and study the word. Um, and we've been blessed um, to attend ever since. Yes, and uh, as a couple, it's been a great blessing because we're doing life with other young couples. Uh, we have the same kind of wants and desires. Uh, we're going through life, going through some of the same things kind of together. So it really helps uh, to have each other praying for each other through those things, um, but also uh, pushing through these new life milestones that we're kind of all encountering together um, as a unit. And so it's really been great to be a part of that. Uh, we've done studies together. Uh, we've uh, done, uh, obviously, studying the Word, but we've done some, some book studies together, talked about things, and it's been a real blessing uh, to us as a couple to do that as well. It's, it's in our home, driven some conversations that we've had about God and about God's character, how we view God. Um, so as a couple, it's taken us to a deeper level. We joined the community group about four years ago. Um, there wasn't really anything at the church to connect young married couples, so um, when Pastor Jordan came on staff, we connected with him and a few other couples, and um, we meet almost a couple times a month now, and we really enjoy getting to know each other and getting into the Word, and we love going on camping trips together, we love sharing meals together, and it's really a really nice thing, the community group that we're in. It has really impacted our lives as well. Um, we've, we've gotten a chance to, to grow together as a couple. Um, we've, we've been married, it'll be six years this coming July, and um, these last year, few years with, with the community group have, have been a true blessing, and the friends that we've made, just, just the different, the other couples that are there. Um, we've, we're, we're growing as a family. We're growing as, as in our relationship with the Lord. Um, personally, I've, I've really enjoyed the ability to do the studies that we've done, being able to, to pursue the Lord in, in uh, the different ways through, you know, Bible studies, and through reading of good literature and, and different things like that. Um, I've been able to. I really value the consistency it brings to my walk with the Lord and I think that probably the the greatest joy <laughs> that this group has brought me has just been the truly is the, the people that I, sh I share this group with. That is some real life examples of how community groups and connecting with others can, can go deeper and can really bless you as an individual and as a couple. Now, the, the issue of, of, of what community groups look like, honestly, folks, it's nothing so extraordinarily different than maybe some of you have been involved with in the past. Small groups or cell groups or life groups, either here or other churches. But this is something that we really believe is going to help our church become deeper rooted. Is Jordan Taylor in the room? Where's Jordan? Oh, there he is, buddy. Come on over here if you would. And uh, our coaches, is Joel in the room? He's, oh, there you are, buddy. Come on up here. And uh, is Janine in the room? Janine, come on up. And Bev and Nick, come on up if you would. These are our coaches 
Um, Jordan Taylor is now our director of uh, community groups. Uh, he's stepped away from the pastoral role, but he still has a pastor's heart, and he's directing our community groups with the help of, of Joel and Janine and Nick and, and, um, and Bev. And, and these folks serve as coaches. And here's the, the quick structure of how this works. So we have our, our coaches, and then under them will be leaders and hosts. We have something like 51 leaders and hosts total, and we have 30-some groups now, maybe 35 different groups that have already been organized and structured and taught through and everything's going through. And at the conclusion of our service, we're going to ask those of you that are interested in the next several weeks, okay, this is really going to roll out real big time. Some of them are going now, right? But the majority of them will be starting in October. But what we're asking you to do is out when straight out the back there, there's a new station there, community group station. You'll see the big new thing on the wall. And we have uh, ability to uh, have everyone sign up on iPads. So we're really high tech now, right? We're in 2017. But these folks have committed literally hours and hours and hours in helping others to become prepared, helping others to get to the place where we're all in one accord and going in the same direction. But when I think about all the different kinds of groups, let me just hit a couple of the ones really quick that some of you, some of them are activity groups with, with sports, some of them are couples, some of them are couples and families, some are families, some are men, some are studies and book studies, some are geared toward women, some are geared very generally, and frankly, some of them are geographically based. For example, if you live in Cortland, doesn't it make sense that you consider a group in Cortland? Why drive all the way down the, to uh, you know, Columbiana County? And if you live in Columbiana County, there's going to be a group down there for you. So our goal here is that you find something you like. And it's not an unended commitment. It's not an unended thing. Sometimes they're eight weeks, sometimes they're 12 weeks, sometimes they're even less. So if you sign up for a group, you, you won't sign up for life, but you sign up for a, a term. And then the goal here is that you develop lifelong relationships with one another. And when you go through a trial in life, maybe one of the first phone calls you make isn't to the church, but it's to somebody in your community group. That's our heart. That's where we really see this going. Can I ask it, if you're a, 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 um, a, a leader or a host, would you stand? Many of you have shirts today, but some of you don't today. But if you're a leader or a host, would you stand? We have over 50 is there anybody else in the room? We have probably some of the same people are working elsewhere in, in the building, and some of them might be at the Viana campus. I have a feeling Viana campus has about 800 people there today. That's what I, I think, to support Pastor Joe and Donna Thomas. But can we give these folks a round of applause? Thank you so much. Thank you for catching the vision. Thank you so much, team. We just wanted to honor you and bless you. And those shirts are cool. They're awesome. Thank you so much for coming. I just wanted to give a face to some of the names. As we wrap up this morning, a couple more a couple more points I want to make this morning. I think it's going to challenge our hearts just a little bit. I want to make sure we're sort of all on the same page here. I want to make sure that we get to a place where we can be challenged when it comes to relationships with others. We can be challenged in a way that allows us to uh, grow. You know, relationships can be glorious or they can be painful. They, we see them both. And, and I came across a, a phraseology that I really fell in love with some time ago. And it's this, that the hurts in life... The, the, it depends uh, oftentimes on how we go through stuff, but it tends to divide us into two different groups. Sometimes you have somebody that's considered a balcony person and somebody that's considered a, a basement person. So a balcony person seems to be able to stay on top of life. They, no matter what comes their way, they, they've got it. No matter what comes their way, they still live victoriously. No matter what comes their way, they're seeing the glass half full. And a basement person tends to have life stay on top of them. They, they just always seem to be under the current. They always seem to be struggling. They always see the glass as half empty. So are you a balcony person or are you a basement person? Here's the encouraging thing today. If you're a basement person, you can become 
a balcony person. It's a retraining of your thoughts. If you're a basement person and you always see the glass half empty, you can begin to catch yourself and challenge yourself. You can have people around you to challenge you. And you say, you know what? When you hear me talking trash about myself, when you hear me talking trash about other people, will you challenge me? Will you point that out? Will you bring that to my attention? Because that's not the best me that I want to be. I want to be a better person. I want to be somebody different than always the basement person. So you can become a balcony person. The first step is, do you have a walk with Christ? The first step is, do you have a relationship with God? The first step is, is to be in unity in your spirit with our creator. That's the very first step. Listen, if, if you're out of alignment in your spirit, if you're living a life that's contrary to the word of God, you're not going to be able to have a harmonious relationship with almost anyone. You have to get that straightened out first has to be imperative. And then you have to look at, honestly, how you deal with all the junk that's come into your life that's caused you to be in the basement. Examine yourself and say, God, how can I change? What is it in me that causes me to live here all the time? Because I want to be a different person. I don't want to be this guy or this gal moving forward. I want to be somebody different and more honoring of him. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 says this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm so glad that as we look at the perspective of a walk with Christ, as we look at the perspective of what God can do and has done, reflecting upon his goodness, then we can begin to change our perspective and instead of becoming a, a basement person all the time, we can switch up and climb up to the balcony and always look at life a little bit differently. Does that sound like a good plan? Having a, a, um, a, a group like community group where people will keep you accountable and people will invest into your life as you invest into their lives and you do life together, you can serve together, do life together, and those are wonderful attributes that come from it. So repeating Matthew chapter 22. It says this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, for this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we talked about this morning how having a vertical relationship with God is imperative. We have to get that straightened out first. If you're in this room today and you've never made a commitment to Christ, you're going to be given the opportunity in a few moments to do that. If you're in this room and you've never made peace with God, you're going to be given the opportunity this morning to make peace with a loving Heavenly Father who loves you to the very core of who you are. And then, of course, once we have that vertical thing taken care of, we can have a horizontal relationship with the rest of God's creation. Listen, I need you, you need me, and we need to invest in one another in relationships that work. Amen? It's imperative that you consider that. Absolutely. I'm going to ask Pastor Ben or whoever is assigned to come on out. Listen, folks, as we close this morning, I hope you, you heard my heart. I hope you, you were able to see the efforts that we put in and to, to roll this out in a way that brings honor. And it roll this in a way that brings honor to a God who, who designed us to have relationships. Okay? I'm not wanting to push you into an arena that makes you uncomfortable, but I am wanting to challenge you to go, to go to another level. I want you to realize you don't have to go through life hurt. You don't have to go through life lonely. You don't have to go through life with a cocoon, in a cocoon and, and never being able to have relationships with others. You need to be able to recognize that no matter how bad you've been hurt in the past, God wants to help you with those hurts. God wants to help you to trust again and to be able to do life and serve together. There are some amazing days ahead for this body 
but it takes all of us to get invested. It takes each and every one of us to get connected with others. Life is about relationships. I've seen it on my daughter's papers, and more importantly, I've lived it. I've lived it. I've got relationships that I've had since kindergarten. I've got relationships from every church I've served. I've got relationships from places I've worked. I, my, my contact list is, is just too big. And I'm not braggadocious. What I'm saying is I live what I teach. Life is about relationships. Along the way, have there been a few bruises here and there? Absolutely. Have there been a few knives in the side? There's been one or two. But I'm also a firm believer that, that God uses our bruises. God uses our bruises. I say it often, but he will if you allow him to. And it's, you know, it almost makes getting stabbed in the side almost worth it when you realize you can bring hope and healing. Some of you have been through life events that, that you need to be able to be in a, an environment that you can share with others. Some of you have been through a divorce that devastated you. You need to be in an environment where you can encourage others. Some of you have lost children in this room. You need to be in an environment where God can use you to bring hope and healing from that bruise that you've gone through. Some of you have been through financial devastation and God has raised you up and brought beauty from ashes. You need to be in a circle or the opportunity for God to use you to encourage others in that same scenario. Here's what I've learned in life. No season lasts forever. You need to hear that. If I was living in Florida right now, and I, no season lasts forever. Is that not a good word, brother? Will you be my cheerleader today? Thank you for that. The front row is sleeping, so I, I appreciate the fact that you're. No season lasts forever. And, and if I was down in Florida, I, I hope that that same philosophy would be upon my heart. That even though there appears to be some amazing crazy devastation in, 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 in all these towns and cities. And I can't even imagine what that would feel like. I can't. But I would hope I would have the mindset. Say mindset. Mindset that even this season won't last forever. They will rebuild. Now, I can say that living in Ohio, but it's the truth. They will rebuild. When you go through a devastating divorce, you will rebuild. When you go through devastation in finances, you can and will rebuild. You have to look ahead and realize it's a season. It's a season. As we stand together this morning, I'm going to ask that our prayer team come forward and line across the front. There are some in the room today that are in need of prayer. You, you realize that there's been some things kind of pricked in your heart this morning. There's been some hurts that have been, the light's been shined on some of that stuff. And and I, I want you to be able to come forward as we close here in a moment and pray with some of these folks that love Jesus, that love people, and they want to love you. So if you need prayer this morning in a moment, I'm going to ask that you come forward, okay? If you're in this room today and you've never made a commitment to Christ, you've never given your heart to him and said, Lord, I've made a mess of my life. I need your forgiveness. I need to start over with you. I need you to lead me and guide me. These folks will help lead you to Christ this morning. And lastly, all of us as we leave today, the ushers are going to be handing out these cards. And I want to encourage you to please consider becoming a part of community groups. You can sign up online, sign up in the back, you can call the office. We'll get you any way we can. But listen, God is going to use this new endeavor to bring all of us closer to Him by bringing us closer together. Does all that make sense? Amen. Amen.
Well, listen, I want to say the blessing this morning. And as I do that and close, if you want to have prayer, come on up. So would you extend your hand, look me in the eye. Father, in Jesus' name, the name that's above every other name, I pronounce a blessing and favor and life and liberty and freedom to come forth in each of these hands and hearts, that God, this week would be a week like none other. That, Father, there would be restoration of relationships between siblings. I just feel like that's, there's going to be relationships between siblings reconnecting this week. You have to be open and you have to be obedient. Sir, madam, if you're in this room and your relationship with your sibling has been off kilter, ask God if you're the one to once again make the first move. God wants to bring healing in sibling relationships this week. Be obedient to his spirit. So in Jesus' name, set the atmosphere, God, for that to occur and allow your name to be glorified through it. And the entire church said... Amen and amen. Come forth this morning if you'd like to have prayer. These folks would love to pray with you.